It's 121, and today is federal budget day. An early indication would appear as some of you will have a bit more money in your pocket after that document comes out. The budget is expected to have a few goodies, especially those of you with a lower income to help with food inflation. I'm joined now by our business analyst, uh, Paul Martin. And Paula, we are getting a look, as I mentioned, at some of the federal budget uh, through some leagues, something you wouldn't have seen in the past. Yeah, you know, there was a time that... uh if there was a leak, uh, the Minister of Finance was fired or resigned. And uh, I can think back one day, uh, you know, way back when, when there was a brochure dropped on the floor of the of the radio room at the Saskatchewan Legislature. And, uh, you know, after the briefing, or the minister was doing some practice stuff or something. And anyway, uh, you know, offered the resignation. It was not accepted. But, I mean, my, what a difference from those sort of rules we used to have that if there was any breach, the minister's... Uh, integrity was basically called into question. Now, hell, they just about give you the whole budget before it comes out. And I don't really know where that started. I think maybe uh, the other Paul Martin was a guy who was pretty good at kind of uh, leaking this stuff out. So you then get uh, an extra day or two of coverage and headlines. That's kind of the media spin on these things. But it is an interesting development how you go from, uh, and, and maybe just speaks to the fact that parliamentary systems do change. They do evolve slowly, but they do evolve. Is there anything that we should be uh, paying attention to in this federal budget? No, I, you know, I, I just can't help but think that uh, at some point we've been through a pretty serious period of spending with COVID and that kind of stuff. And so from what I look at, it's just going to be magnitude of debt and, and these kinds of things. And and so where will it be? And they're talking about, uh, you know, some kind of relief for people to pay for groceries and stuff like that. I mean, those are, they're political feel good, but, uh, you know, if you're getting a couple of hundred bucks and, and you need some help with groceries, obviously you're going to welcome that and take it. But uh, the flip side is, you know, people know what their grocery bills are, and a couple of hundred bucks certainly will feed you for a year. So it provides some uh, measure of relief, but this seems to me it's more about optics than anything else, and that they were truly serious about bringing down the cost of food. They were way more. Uh, dramatic ways to do that that would have a lot more uh, long-standing impact than a one-off. But uh, politics being politics, and and I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, there are an awful lot of federal TV commercials running right now on on television, and I'm just wondering if they aren't testing the waters a little bit too. Uh, so we'll see what the budget does. They're softening us up with public opinion sort of stuff on everything from the grasslands to your marshes to GHT, GST rebates to whatever. You know, there are ads that sometimes you really question the value of them at this time when they're supposed to be trying to figure out affordability and they're telling me that grasslands is a good way to reduce carbon. Uh, you know, I, I'm just wondering if they aren't testing the waters for the possibility of dropping the writ this spring. Mentioned the provincial budget. A billion-dollar surplus for Saskatchewan. Now, we're learning, Paul, that uh, having money isn't always easy. Yeah, there's no kidding about that. I remember Roy Romano used to say back in the 90s when, uh, you know, the economy was soft, he said it was, it was much easier to govern when he had no money because you just said no to everybody, and they, they got it. Now, when you've got money, uh, everybody lines up with their handouts, and they're offended if you don't give them some. And uh, so I think it's way harder on a minister of finance right now when you're in a surplus position. And these are the times when you have to make what we would consider, in quotes, prudent decisions. So it's easy to get into consumption and spending and to uh, to grease the squeaky wheel. But 
these are times when you look at uh, structural things. And so when you see the Minister of Finance talking about debt retirement and that kind of stuff, that's because those investment funds and the places where you go to raise money in bonds and that kind of stuff pay serious attention to it. And you can lower, I mean, first of all, you pay off debt, so your interest costs go down. But more importantly, on the remaining debt that you do have or any new stuff you're going to acquire, you're probably going to get a better rate. And so, uh, you know, they just look at the people who provide you with money to say, are they prudent fiscal managers? And the test really for a finance minister is when you have spare money, not when you have very little or you're in a a negative position. So all the... uh, you know, the political eyes, yours and mine as voters, we're looking at the minister from one perspective, but those who control money are looking at it from a completely different uh, opposite viewpoint. And I think at this point, when I hear uh, critics on both sides of the spectrum complaining, uh, I sort of think, well, maybe the minister's kind of got it right if she's getting it from both sides. These are business analysts Paul Martin. Paul, thanks so much for this, and we'll chat again next week. Not at all. Take care. Coming up. And the longer people continue to look for other excuses, you're going to be allowing politicians to perpetuate the idea that these carbon taxes are somehow a good thing for the Canadian economy. The countdown is on to the next carbon tax bump. One expert describes what it means for you. You're listening to Saskatchewan Afternoon on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.